Welcome everyone to today's devotion. We're in 1 Timothy chapter 6. This is the final chapter of um, this, this uh, pastoral epistle from Paul. Uh, starting tomorrow, uh, we're going to look at uh, 2 Timothy. And um, uh, we should finish 2 Timothy, if my math is correct, by Friday. Uh, so within a two-week period, we'll go through two books of, of the New Testament. Uh, 2 Timothy is only four chapters. Uh, so again, the, the New Testament isn't as large as we often make it out to be. But with that said, I want to emphasize the, the middle of this, of this final chapter. Uh, because what Paul does is he, 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 he contrasts. He says, don't be this, but, but be this. Right? And uh, the first he, he starts with that of false teachers. Now, yes, you, you shouldn't be a false teacher moving on. Uh, but actually what Paul articulates about false teachers is quite uh, instructive. He says, teach and urge these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. Um, I just want to pause there. One, uh, it is imperative that the church hold to and proclaim uh, the proper and correct doctrine of Christ. Um, so much so that to teach otherwise is the height of arrogance. Uh, this, this is something that uh, postmodernism has flipped on its head. Uh, what we'll say is, well, don't you think it's arrogant to say that you know uh, what Jesus would do or what the Bible says or that your interpretation is right? right? So, so uh, postmodernism will uh, hijack um, um, uh, sort of a Christian presumptions like humility in this case. Um, and uh, and victimization, I would say, and and, and weaponize them. So so you'll say, um, you, so so in the culture, we'll say people throwing Molotov cocktails are victims. Not now, right? Um, in this case, where where you're weaponizing humility, it's a false humility. I'm too humble to say that um, uh, this is right or that is wrong or whatnot. Uh, the problem is, is that is actual arrogance, uh, because what you're doing is you're saying. Um, uh, I know better than what 2,000 years of church history has told me. I know better than what is clearly stated in Scripture. I know better than this or that. Right? That is true arrogance. That is conceited. So Paul argues those who come bringing a, a new doctrine or a different doctrine, uh, they, they are fueled by uh, uh, arrogance. In fact, if you study the history of heresy, um, which is a... Um, not something you know. I would recommend just 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 because you're bored, um, but but it's still an important part of of theological training. Um, you'll find that that is a common trait among many of them. And I would say, in uh, whenever heresies pop up out of America, uh, often what is motivated is influence, power, uh, following, what 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 not. It's just just simple arrogance. In fact, if if I could pause there, take you to the very end of the chapter. Paul hints at a rising heresy. Uh, it's in its early formation. Uh, there in verse 20, O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called, and here's the quotations, knowledge. For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. Now, that is a strange sentence. Um, contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. Um, what he is likely, likely referencing is an early, this would be a very early movement uh, that is more broadly now known as Gnosticism. Now within Gnosticism, sort of an umbrella movement within that you have uh, different things, but the big thing about Gnosticism is is the word Gnostic 
uh, comes from the Greek word meaning knowledge. And what they believe was that, that we had this internal uh, inner spark, to use Oprah's language, because Oprah very, is very much a Gnostic. She's a New Age guru, but still, still Gnosticism. Um, but but um, the only true knowledge you can trust is found within. And if this language sounds familiar, it is because that uh, virtually uh, outside of Christianity, every religion comes down to either legalism, that is Judaism, a type of uh, Judaism on, on the one hand, or Gnosticism on the other. Michael Horton has a fascinating book that explores that, and I think, I think he's right in making that argument. Uh, but Gnosticism as a movement didn't really pop up to uh, the second or third century, but, but it's likely there, there are early strands of this. Much as you can trace postmodernism before, let's say, the 1960s, just to, just to use a hard date, um, so too Gnosticism is going to pop up before it became a, a major, major movement. Uh, and so it's likely one of the false teachings Paul is encouraging Timothy to, to guard against and to teach against will eventually become this significant movement. You likely know the Gnostics uh, through the, the writings of the Gnostic Gospels. Uh, they, 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 they are not historical documents, nor should they be relied on um, and, and serve very little historical significance, particularly when it comes to the life of Jesus. And there's many reasons why that is the case. Um, but people use them because in arrogance we want to say we know better than the real historical Jesus. Uh, but he goes on. Um, so he is um, puffed up, conceited, and understands nothing. And then it says, he has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil, suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind, depraved of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. Um, so notice here, he says that the problem with false teaching is it produces false conversion, and false conversion will produce um, evil. Okay? And that is to say that, that if the purpose of salvation is to save us from sin, false conversion doesn't save us from sin. It will only feed us into more sin. Right? It may give us the illusion of salvation, but it isn't salvation at all. Uh, so, so false teaching only adds to uh, dissension and slander and evil suspicion. But he also notes there that uh, at the root of it is an unhealthy craving for controversy. That language of craving is that of the stomach. Uh, we've talked about this particularly when we looked at the uh, um, um, temptation of Jesus, that in, in the Bible, the stomach is the source of passion. We crave things. We hunger and thirst for things. So Jesus will tell us to hunger and thirst for righteousness. The problem is we too often crave. We have an appetite uh, for, for what is unhealthy and, and, and unrighteous. And Paul's saying that that, that that is what is fueling false doctrine, is an unhealthy craving for controversy. And I would say in general, many people have an unhealthy craving for controversy. If you're someone that likes to stir drama, um, you have a problem and you need to repent. An unhealthy craving for controversy uh, needs to be dealt with. But notice uh, how he bridges the, the language of, of godlessness attached to um, um, false teaching to godliness attached to true teaching. For six, godliness with contentment is great gain. And so he's going to transition starting in verse six, going down to verse 10, talking about contentment. So, so if, if those who teach false doctrine do so out of unhealthy cravings and arrogance and whatnot, he says the remedy of that is, is for one, contentment, which comes from the gospel. Because in Christ, you have enough. 
Jesus is enough. So, verse 7, we brought nothing into the world. We cannot take anything out of the world. Uh, every time I read that verse, I think of how often my parents would say um, something like that whenever we were being disciplined. Um, I brought you in this world. I can take you out. You know, stuff like that. Uh, verse 8, but if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, like many senseless and harmless desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. And we need to note here, uh, the Bible is not anti-wealth. It is anti-greed. And there's a big difference. Uh, and too often we, we, we synthesize those two. Basically, the, the Bible condemns uh, unrighteous uh, rich and the unrighteous poor. It praises the righteous rich and the righteous poor. In fact, Paul will, at the end of this chapter, uh, explain to the wealthy members of the church how they should live their lives. They, they should be a blessing to others. Uh, God has blessed them. Let them be a blessing to, to others. So, so the Bible doesn't uh, side with the poor against the rich. Rather, it says righteousness is, is what matters, and contentment is the key issue when it comes to the issue of wealth. We're a nation right now driven by envy, uh, and much of our public policy is being driven by envy. It's not fair. They have something I don't have. Therefore, I'm going to use the, the state that is armed with nuclear weapons to take from them to give it to me. Okay? That is not gospel. That is not godliness. Rather, we are driven by contentment to say that if I have Jesus, I have enough. And it's in that context we get uh, the more recognizable verse of this chapter. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now we need to note, it is not money is the root of all evil. It is the love of money. So there's a difference. Um, it also says a root of all kinds of evil, not all evil. Right? Some people just want to watch the world burn, to quote um, uh, Batman's butler from, from Dark Knight. Uh, so so uh, contrast the spirit of contentment, which comes out of the gospel, with the arrogance and the craving for controversy, which comes out of heresy. With that, he then charges Timothy to fight the good fight, starting at verse 11. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called, by which you were made, uh, the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings, Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in the unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion for, forever. Amen. There's a lot here. But here's the thing. He, he concludes this pastoral letter to the young uh, minister. And I would add here, if you or anyone you know looking for an internship uh, at a local church, we are uh, looking to bring someone on for 2021, which we are hoping is better than 2020. All right, we didn't have one this year, and that was a prophetic, and we didn't even know it. Um, regardless, he says, act like a Christian, 
live like a Christian, lead as a Christian, and lead others to be more like Christian. Pursue righteousness. Flee the ungodly things, but pursue righteousness. Um, my first sermon series this year was was called Run, and this is one of the main passages that, that we are to run from, and we are to run to certain things. Uh, and in that context, fight the good fight. Uh, keep pressing on, uh, because our goal is eternal life. Um, and uh, uh, give a, a good testimony. So if, if, if you as a Christian are called, uh, you as a Christian are called to live a godly life uh, that is driven by sound doctrine that exists for the glory of God. That in essence is what he is charging this young minister to do. Pursue Christ. Run from false doctrine. Pursue righteousness. Run from, flee from uh, that which is unrighteous. Lord willing to see you guys here tomorrow. We'll look at 2 Timothy 1.